Embarrassment is a feeling of self-conscious and often awkward discomfort that is the result of some unfavorable thing about you or associated with you being revealed to others or being witnessed by them in some way. This unfavorable thing in a social construct could be something like an act, a behavior, a character trait, or a condition. We feel embarrassment when some aspect of us is or threatens to be witnessed by others. It happens when we feel that this something, if revealed, will undermine the image that we seek to project to other members of the social group that we believe will deem that aspect unacceptable. The sensation is very close to feeling anxious doom. What we have to see first and foremost about embarrassment is that it is externally focused. It's about others. It's not really about you. It's about what you want other people to see about you, not necessarily what you want to see about you. Embarrassment is entirely about wanting to avoid social consequences. This is why it's possible for us to feel embarrassed about something that we don't actually feel deep down is morally wrong or reprehensible. For example, we may believe it's right to be liberal, but if we wander into a conservative rally, we may feel embarrassment if someone exposes us as a liberal. Embarrassment exists to avoid social consequence. This is also why embarrassment is so situational in nature. Notice that you may not have an issue revealing the fact that you are an alcoholic at an AA meeting, but you may feel extreme embarrassment when revealing that you are an alcoholic in front of your in-laws. We feel embarrassment any time something about us is out of alignment with the way we want other people to perceive us in any given situation. And this is where that fine line between embarrassment and shame exists. If I feel shame, I do think that that thing about me is wrong. I do think it's bad. I do think it's reprehensible. I have shame when I don't want to see that thing about myself. When we feel shame, we seek to push that part of us or that thing that's associated with us away from ourselves. Now, obviously, in this singular embodiment, we can't do that without splitting our own consciousness, right? So if I feel shame, I can't remain intact and unified. What shame does innately is it creates fragmentation. It is the mechanism for fragmentation. Shame creates internal separation, but embarrassment doesn't necessarily create that. With embarrassment, I can separate something about me from someone else without necessarily separating that something from myself. This is the best way to figure out whether you're embarrassed or whether you're ashamed. If I'm embarrassed, I simply don't want other people to see something that will undermine the way I want them to perceive me because I don't want the projected social consequences inherent in that. If I'm ashamed, I also don't want to see it in myself. I perceive something I did or something about me to imply that I am morally wrong and reprehensible. I do not want those things to be associated with me and I feel that the eradication of them can lead to a sense of goodness, rightness, social closeness, and reward. I have to reject, deny, and disown something within myself for it to qualify as shame. I do not have to reject and deny and disown anything for it to qualify as embarrassment. I simply have to feel self-conscious about someone else rejecting, denying, and pushing that part of me away 
if they should see it. That being said, we often do feel shame about something that we are making real sure somebody else doesn't see about us. We can be both ashamed and embarrassed. This is the case whenever we don't want someone to see something about us that we also feel is really wrong, really bad, and reprehensible about us. We can be embarrassed, but not ashamed. This is the case when we don't really have a problem with that thing in us, but we sure as hell don't want the consequences of other people seeing it. We can also be ashamed without being embarrassed. This is the case when there is absolutely no social consequence, and we know that there's no social consequence for revealing something, but we still feel like deep down it's really bad and wrong and reprehensible about us. A person can't be embarrassed until they have a sense of self. That's why you'll see embarrassment arise at a specific phase of development within a child. A baby is not embarrassed that they crap their diaper. They only become embarrassed if they clearly see that they did something that someone else didn't do, and that by doing that something, it led to a social consequence. Embarrassment carries within it the extreme desire for social appeasement and social approval. When you were young, you came into a society. A society has a very defined way of going about its life. It has a very defined way of expressing to you what is right versus wrong, of keeping that social order. And the process of socialization is a part of this society that you were brought into. This means you got a very definitive view of what is right versus wrong. You got a very definitive view about what would lead to social consequences and what would lead to social reward. And that's critical because we are a group species. You are completely relationally dependent when you're a child. If you were to place a baby out by itself in the wilderness, it would die. It would die up until a very, 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 very long point of development, actually. When you compare a physical human to other species on the planet, we are relationally dependent far beyond the dependence that most species experience. And even beyond that, as we grow, we don't become independent. We're still dependent on each other. We still need one another, but our level of dependence just decreases. We still need each other regardless of whether we can technically feed ourselves and bathe ourselves. This means that our survival is dependent upon social approval. This means that social consequences means a threat of survival. So obviously your ego, your sense of self, your capacity to self-preserve is incredibly attached to social approval. Basically what this means is if we want our needs to be met, survive in society, and have a chance of feeling things like love and belonging and contribution and safety, we have one option. To make it so other people perceive us in a way that makes them approve of us, and to avoid them perceiving us in any way that makes them disapprove of us so that we meet a social consequence. So let's say when you're younger you run out into the room naked, and you grew up in a society that views public nudity as an offense. What's going to happen when you encounter this experience is it's going to be so painful to run into all of those consequences that you are naturally going to want to avoid it at all costs in the future. There's going to be an association in your head that goes, uh-oh, this equals something I don't want. That makes you self-conscious instantaneously. On top of that, embarrassment in this scenario serves another function. If we are visibly embarrassed, it signals to other people that we recognize our wrong. And by recognizing our wrong, it endears us to them. 
Basically, embarrassment also acts as a subconscious plea to be pulled back in by the group instead of pushed away by them. Therefore, you must understand it is normal and natural for us to seek to project whatever image of ourselves or create a self-concept that other people see that will enable us to be accepted by and approved of by a person or whatever group of people we are currently interacting with. Embarrassment is like an emotional alarm bell that goes off when we cross into the potential or actual disapproval territory. The degree that you struggle with embarrassment is the degree to which you experience social consequences in your childhood. Some of us experience embarrassment, none of us like it, but it's like whatever, okay, it's embarrassment. Others of us hate embarrassment so much that it's like that thing that you will avoid at literally any cost. If you grow up in an environment where there is a very rigid sense of what is appropriate versus inappropriate, what is good versus bad, what is right versus wrong, and a very rigid set of consequences and extreme ones for not adhering to those principles, chances are you're going to struggle with embarrassment. Chances are also that you're going to have a self-core concept of shame. For people who want to avoid embarrassment at all costs, your nervous system had to perceive social consequences as jarring and serious threats to your sense of survival and well-being. And for you, embarrassment stays with you long after it's passed in everyone else's mind because you perceive it to be such a threat. And because you want to stay safe emotionally and you want to avoid those very extreme social consequences that you encountered, you want to avoid embarrassment like the freaking plague. I want you to notice something interesting about embarrassment. If you struggle with embarrassment, chances are you're going to project that people disapprove of you or be almost like hypersensitively um, panicked that you're going to meet with social disapproval, even in situations where nobody's actually disapproving of you and there aren't really those social consequences. That's number one. Number two, if you really struggle with embarrassment, notice something funny. You don't perceive it's possible for somebody to have empathy towards you and understanding of you. It's highly likely that you learned this by growing up in environments where when others saw something about you that they disapproved of, the consequences were dire. You have learned you can't expect understanding, empathy, compassion, and guiding instead of punishment from people. Because of this, you're socially anxious. Obviously, embarrassment is a natural oppositional force to authenticity. Because if we're trying to avoid social consequences, we're trying to project forth whatever image makes sure that we avoid those social consequences. We're not necessarily presenting the truth of ourself, or at least the complete truth. All this being said, what should you do in order to overcome embarrassment or get through it quickly? Step one, immediately see whatever situation that just happened or whatever behavior you're exhibiting, whatever thing you're embarrassed about from an outsider perspective. Watch yourself doing that thing like you are a fly on the wall. For example, if I trip over the sidewalk, imagine sitting outside my body and watch myself trip over the sidewalk. That's step one. Step two is, imagine that I am observing Teal doing that, but now I'm not Teal, I'm someone else observing that. Now step three, imagine watching somebody else do the very same thing. It could be someone you know or somebody you don't know. So I would imagine someone else doing the exact same thing, tripping over the sidewalk. 
What am I thinking and feeling? What is my perception towards them? You will find that almost everything you feel embarrassed about isn't as bad when you imagine it this way. Chances are you will see it as no big deal and that other people are probably not thinking what you think they're thinking about you. Two, and this may be the very most important point about embarrassment. Embarrassment is all about making sure you avoid social consequences, not deliberately choosing those social consequences. Basically, every time you're facing potential embarrassment, you have one of three options. The first is hide things from other people to avoid the social consequences. The second is agree with society and change that thing about yourself that society disapproves of. This includes righting your wrongs, by the way. Or three, consciously choose to oppose society and change other people's minds. The absolute best antidote to embarrassment is to consciously choose those potential or actual social consequences in favor of something greater. For example, there can come a point when choosing to live authentically can provide a greater payoff than the payoff of avoiding social disapproval. If you can find a way to actually be proud of whatever may cause you to meet with social disapproval, you will not feel embarrassment. You have to decide that the thing being seen about you will lead to a greater payoff than societal approval, or at the very least, that the thing being seen about you will lead to greater social approval in one social sphere, even if it leads to less social approval in another. If you don't see in a situation that somebody else seeing something about you is actually going to lead to something greater than what you're trying to avoid, obviously the payoff is not going to be good enough. An example of how embarrassment can be diminished by consciously choosing social conflict is this. You've all found yourself in a situation where, in a given moment, the idea of being a good person by alleviating somebody else's sense of embarrassment is a greater payoff than avoiding the embarrassment or the conflict or, let's say, the consequences you're trying to avoid socially. For example, Let's say that somebody is super embarrassed about something about themselves, and then you say, well, don't worry about it, I have the exact same problem. It diminishes the embarrassment in that moment because in that moment, diminishing their level of embarrassment made you feel better about yourself. The payoff was greater than what you were trying to avoid. We're actually inclined to choose a sense of our own goodness or rightness over the avoidance of social consequences. This is why, as people, we tend to favor exposing something about ourselves if it's morally right to do, even if it lines us up with societal consequence. Three, practice self-empathy. If we struggle with embarrassment, or if we're concerned about it, or if you're a normal person, I should say, for that matter, you tend to try to project an image to the world that is exactly what's going to get you approved and accepted. We are like prison masters beating ourselves into the perfect way of being and acting. We govern ourselves with very little empathy. If you feel embarrassed for something, can you try to understand yourself and relate to yourself to the degree that you can let yourself off the hook? We develop self-compassion when we are present with the part of us that we perceive made the mistake or exhibited the behavior or character trait, or the part of us that is afflicted with a condition. Basically, you can see this part of you that made the mistake, or this part of you that has the condition, or this part of you that exhibits the character trait you dislike as a separate person. And then we have this practice towards it. Can you relate to that aspect or that person? Can you see that aspect's past 
the experiences that led up to this action or behavior or condition. How is your pain the same as their pain? Remember when you experienced the same pain. Remember what it felt like. Remember what you thought. What did you really need back then when you were in that pain? How could you provide that for yourself or for other people now? Four, take immediate responsibility of whatever happened that caused the embarrassment. Then you can convert that embarrassment into humor and into connection. This particular item on the list is a little bit of a backdoor to restoring your image. Why? Because people, society in general, love when other people own their faux pas. They love it when someone says, yep, I did that. Yep, that's me. We go, wow, what a strong character that person has. We also especially love even more when people can make fun of themselves. That's like taking other people's perspective of you and adding positive steroids to it. Then you can enhance your sense of connection by finding people to connect to who actually had the same embarrassment as you did. It can help immensely if we compare whatever we feel embarrassed about to other people who have experienced similar embarrassments. It will make you feel as if you are not so singled out in the embarrassment. The main pain embarrassment causes the perception of being pushed away by others because of their diminished perspective of us. If we connect through stories of similar embarrassments, we can restore that sense of being pulled in and included instead of pushed away. One little caveat I have to put on this is that if you're choosing to step into social favor by making fun of yourself, you have to make sure that this isn't done in betrayal of one of your parts, the part of you that, for example, has the condition, or the part of you that exhibited that character trait. For more information about this, feel free to watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. Five, stop expecting yourself to care how other people see you and start learning how to be afraid. The desire to be close to people is normal and natural. And like I said, you were born completely relationally dependent. You can't get away from this desire for people to like you, whether you want to or not. If all of us are honest, we want everyone to like us. Some of us are more or less inhibited by the fear of not being approved of and are more or less inhibited by the fear of social consequence. The sensation of embarrassment is telling you that you are at risk. It means you're afraid. You're afraid of social consequences, real or imagined. Don't make an enemy of your desire to be close to others and valued and loved by them. Just learn how to tolerate and caretake your fear. We have an absolute intolerance for fear, but this makes it so our embarrassment is so debilitating it can control our life. For more information about this and for how to break free of that jail that is living your life according to other people's opinions, feel free to watch my video that is titled How to Stop Caring What Other People Think. Also, I highly suggest you pick up a copy of my book, The Anatomy of Loneliness, in which I have an entire section dedicated entirely to fear. Six, if you have to change your mind about something about you being morally wrong, bad, or reprehensible, then you're not embarrassed. You're in shame. The obvious way to change some of this is to see whether that thing that you feel shame about is actually bad, is actually so wrong, and is actually so reprehensible. The most obvious shift in perspective is, how is it actually good? How is it actually right? How is it something that people should see instead of shouldn't see? How should it be a part of me? Unlike shame, embarrassment tends to be situation oriented. Shame is much deeper. 
it is much more rooted in the self-concept. It is a judgment about ourselves being bad, being wrong, being reprehensible. It is the act of pushing a part of ourselves away so as to gain social acceptance. If we struggle intensely with embarrassment, we may actually suffer from a baseline self-concept of shame. If this is the case, I ask you to watch my video titled How to Overcome Shame and pick up a copy of my book, The Anatomy of Loneliness, in which I have an entire section of the book dedicated purely to understanding and overcoming shame. 7. Visualize yourself handling embarrassing situations. This is especially beneficial if you are facing the potential of something about yourself, whether it's a character trait or a behavior or a condition or whatever thing you did being revealed to other people. And imagine slash visualize yourself handling that situation in a positive way. Imagine working through this in your mind before you have to work through it in the external. Not only does doing this reveal the best way to go about handling this embarrassment or the embarrassing situation, this also makes us much less afraid of it actually happening. We actually feel prepared for it. It increases your confidence relative to facing that societal disapproval. Actually doing this may show you how to avoid those social consequences altogether. 8. If some embarrassment has happened, don't bother yourself with what-ifs or if-onlys. We all tend to do this. When something's revealed that we wish wasn't revealed, all of us go into a, oh god, if only something could have gone different. What if I didn't say that? What if I didn't do that? What if that person didn't say that? You're wasting your time. The reality is, it has happened. If you spend your time in what-if scenarios and if-only scenarios, you're spending your time in resistance to what is. You can't do anything with that. Embrace whatever has been exposed or any mistake you've made. To accept is to recognize something is valid or correct, and doing this makes your being consent to receiving it and digesting it as truth instead of fighting to not acknowledge it and not take it in. Acceptance has nothing to do with condoning something or condemning something. It has nothing to do with whether you want to change something or not. It is simply about being able to acknowledge something is valid enough to let that acknowledgement in instead of fight to keep it out. When we don't accept something that led to embarrassment, we will react in ways that lead to more embarrassment and social consequences we want to avoid. As people, we are moving into a consciousness, a way of being, that is greater, shall I say, than the avoidance of social consequences and the moving in the direction or becoming whatever gets us social reward. We're moving towards a day and age where we're able to actually take other people as part of ourselves. And in doing so, we don't have to worry so much about creating social order through punishment and reward. In fact, it becomes intrinsic to us. When this is the case, naturally, our sense of embarrassment is not going to be a part of our being and we will not be afraid of being authentic. Until then, you always have the choice to consciously choose societal consequence in the name of something greater.